0: the breakdown. And
1: here we go.
0: Davis goes left. Davis
2: gets a block. Chris Davis. Touchdown.
1: Auburn. An answered prayer. Caught. Michigan. Touchdown. I can't believe this. Fires to the end zone. Touchdown. Alabama wins.
2: Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to the Campus to Campus podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Brown. Uh, we're coming at you with uh, college football playoff matchups this, this weekend and the Heisman Trophy finalists. We're going to kind of cover those guys and have a little conversation about that. Not going to get into a lot of the bowl games yet. We will wrap up the bowl season with a, a bowl review of all, everything that happened throughout the bowl season. But... Uh, but without getting anything else, uh, without holding up anymore, we're going to get started. So uh, so let me bring in my two co-hosts real quick. Jesse, what's going on, man?
1: How's it going, everybody? Uh, I want to be the last to wish you a Merry Christmas and the first to wish you a new year. Um, let's make 2021 better than 2020, and
0: hopefully we have Michigan win more than two games.
2: <laughs> J.D., what's up, dude?
0: Yeah, not much. Uh, it's been a very weird year of college football and a weird year in general, but, uh, you know, we, we... – find the positives in it um so I'm glad to wrap it up and I'm looking uh looking forward to seeing what next year has in store for us
2: all right well we're going to get started off we're going to jump right in we're going to talk about the college football playoff matchups this year uh of course everybody knows by now but we have Bama versus Notre Dame will be the early game on Friday the first if I'm not mistaken and then we'll have uh Clemson and Ohio state will be the later game. So we got one versus four Bama, Notre Dame and two versus three Clemson, Ohio state. So before we get into kind of covering what's going on with the game and what our thoughts is on the game, what's your guys thoughts with the playoff in general? Did they get it right? Did they get it wrong? Jesse, we'll start with you Uh, kind of lay it out for me and tell me what your thoughts are from top to bottom.
1: I mean, uh, order wise, they got it right. Even I, I would have personally had, uh, Ohio State at four and Notre Dame at three just because we don't really know much about Ohio State, but we don't need a Clemson-Notre Dame round three, so I understand why they did that. Um, other than that, I was one of the few people that was like, put Cincinnati in or at least give them a shot because they just they this, of all years, this is the year that we we should have a group of five team in, but other than that, it's just as we'll get this year
2: yeah i agree jd what's your uh, what's your thoughts on on the seating and who made it in and who got left out
0: yeah i uh i'm never really going to be one to say they get it right until uh the playoff format changes a little bit and until they start giving uh teams a chance to go undefeated so until there's either an 18 playoff or they figure out something where they involve uh you know, the group of five teams, I think it's always going to be kind of a pointless system in my opinion, so I'm not going to say it's perfect. Um, I do think the four best teams got a shot, so I, I can't hate on it too much. Um, I don't really think Texas A&M, you know, I didn't really think anybody wanted to see him get blown out by uh, Alabama again, and, uh, you know, I don't really think anybody else really had a had a case to make outside of uh, Cincinnati and Coastal, who, you know, we saw what happened in Coastal already, so... Um, so, yeah, I, I think we have a pretty good setup. I think Clemson-Ohio State's a pretty good game. Alabama and Notre Dame's expected to be a blowout, so we'll see about that. But uh, I do think the four best teams ultimately got in.
2: Yeah, I think so, too. And and seeding-wise, uh, it didn't matter to me, really, who was number two, three, or four. Uh, I know it matters to them, but uh, I think it was a clear-cut sh- clear Alabama at one, and then you could make a case, really, for any one of the other three teams to be the second seed and the third seed and the fourth seed. Um, uh, you know, I heard, I've heard a lot of heard and read a lot of chatter about how Texas A&M should have got in, you know, a 10 and one SEC team versus a six and old big 10 team that, you know, barely played any games. You hear a lot of, uh, you hear a lot of chatter from, uh, from Dabo, you know, whether it's true or not, I, I've not seen, I've not seen any, you know, official, you know, quotes on it. It's just, you know, stuff you read on the internet, but, uh, you know he's he's upset about it. He's been you know and honestly, if I was him, I wouldn't want to play Ohio State either. I would much rather play Texas A&M or Cincinnati or any other team besides Ohio State because I'm with you guys. I think the four are right. I think they got it. Uh, I think they got it. They got it dialed in. I mean, the, the no, you can argue Texas A&M should have come in over a six and and0 Ohio State team, but you know at the end of the day, it's still Ohio State. The what they have on the field is still, you can't mistake it. Uh, and we also already saw Texas and m take a thrashing from Alabama. So at the end of the day, you know, everybody thinks Notre Dame's going to get blown out, but the Alabama Notre Dame haven't played this year yet, right? So I think they got it right. I th- I'm I'm with you guys. It's just uh you would definitely I would definitely personally like to get to see some guys get in there that uh that haven't made it a lot that haven't been, haven't been able to get a chance, especially cuz that's what a playoff is all about. You know, without the without the playoffs, you know, uh, New England would have went undefeated a couple years or, you know, several years back, a couple years back. Oh, my old ass over here talking like it was two or three years ago. But to let the, the lower the lower guys in, the Cincinnati's, the Coastal's, that kind of stuff, we need to get to that point. I'm a UJD. We definitely need to get to that point. All right, so for the first game, Bama-Notre Dame. Uh, Bama's 11-0. and Notre Dame's 10-1, but their only loss coming to Clemson in the ACC championship. Uh, Bama's offense is ranked fifth in the nation. Notre Dame's offense ranked 22nd and then Bama's defense is 33rd and Notre Dame's is 21st. Now, I know those can be kind of subjective because of all the cancel games and that kind of stuff, but, J.D., we'll start with you since you're our resident Notre Dame guy. What's uh, what's your thoughts on the the Bama-Notre Dame game, and I'll uh, I'll let you have at it.
0: Yeah, um, I mean, I would like to be optimistic. Um, It's really hard to be, um, especially coming from a place where, uh, you know, I fully expect Alabama to win both of these games by – By two or more touchdowns, I think, regardless of who they would have faced in the playoffs, I think they're going to win both games by two or more touchdowns, which, um, you know, they're pretty much an operational death star. Um, I guess we can see that Alabama's a little bit vulnerable. Operational
2: death star. That was a good one.
0: (laughs) (laughs) They are, man. When you watch them, it's just like, holy shit, whoever's going against them is in trouble, man. Um, But, I mean, we saw if they don't play a perfect game. We saw, you know, Florida was able to hang tight with them, even though most of the game, you know, it was about two touchdowns, and then Florida kind of made a comeback at the end, kind of a backdoor. Um, I just, it's hard to be too confident. Um, I do think this Notre Dame team, uh, like I said, I think they're probably the fourth best team in the country. Um, so, of course, the fourth best team in the country always is going to have a chance. But um, I just don't really see, I don't really see that many avenues for that happening. Um, I mean, I think they can keep it close. So that's basically all I can ask for is that I'm hoping I'm going to be able to watch this game pass past the first half (laughs) Um, because, I mean, I just think Alabama's that good. And, you know, uh, I think Notre Dame's weakness is their secondary. Uh, I think they're pretty strong elsewhere, but I think, you know, their passing game's not quite as good as these other three teams, which I think is what you need to uh, keep pace with Alabama. And I think you need to stop them on the outside as well. And, I mean, that's Notre Dame's weakness. So I don't really think the matchup in general, um, which I I do think matchups matter because, you know, Florida matched up decently with Alabama. And we saw that that played out. It was actually closer than a lot of people thought. So I do actually think matchups matter, even though they are an operational test star. Um, I, I'm not loving what I see. So basically all I can say is, you know, it's been, it's been a great year. Um, anything at this point would be a pleasant surprise to me. Uh, you know, like I said, it's not out of the realm of possibility. They could pull it off, but it's very, very, very unlikely. So just going to cross my fingers.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm with you. I, I think I'm, I, I agree on just about everything. You just said, Jesse, you got anything else to add?
1: Um, well, all you really got to say about this game is the current spread is Bama by 20. And I feel confident that they're actually going to hit that. So it's, it's not – they should – why is it that every time Notre Dame is in a big game like a, in a chance for a national title, they have to play Alabama? I'm tired of
2: this. <laughs> well, I don't think that's Notre Dame. So I think that's more uh, more Alabama just being a dominant dynasty you know elite level football for so long it's uh you know everybody wants to, to dump on Notre Dame because they got their the hell kicked out of them the last time they played Alabama and sure anybody would have that year for sure but when you really bo- look look at the the actual scores of the game somebody's got their ass beaten every single playoff that we've had so far since it's yeah. existence right uh, somebody whether it's the national championship or one of the opening games somebody usually takes a thrashing i mean yeah going it's the back big ball, ten yeah oregon oregon shredded florida state you know the year after they won the national championship you know alabama's beat the breaks off of oklahoma what seems like a billion times clemson smacking alabama around a couple of years ago it's just you know ohio state getting smoked by clemson a few years back it's just uh, every year somebody gets the shit kicked out of them and it's just it's looking like it's going to be the the, the bama notre dame game for me uh, even though i do think clemson will take care of business on the other side but We'll get to that in just a minute. So just a couple of things to hit on. You know, Alabama has their their elite trio with, with Jones, Harris, and Smith, two of which are Heisman finalists, which we'll cover a little bit more in depth here in just a minute. Uh, Harris, though, uh, hell, I didn't even realize that he was having the year that he was having. Uh, right now he's got 1,256 rushing yards, 24, 24 touchdowns, and adding another three touchdowns through the air on 316 receiving yards. So you're looking at you know, 1, 15 1,600 total yards of offense and uh, 27 touchdowns. It's, that's pretty damn impressive. And uh, had the, the the Heisman finalists been Jones, Harris, or Smith, just those three, I wouldn't have had any issue with it, <laughs> you know. It's just that those guys are dominant, and they, they've been playing that way all year long. Notre Dame, you know, I, it was kind of hard to, to pull up a bunch of super, you know, positive things about the offense. Their offense is – you know, still in the top 25, but you know, it's they really have Kern Williams, which is a thousand-yard rusher, but he's just barely over a thousand yards. He's got 12 touchdowns. In book, as you know, doesn't he's not the type of guy that's going to blow you away with his numbers. He's the type of guy that's that wins games. You know, he he doesn't he doesn't go out and throw for 350 and five. He's going to go out and throw for 225 and you know two or three and not turn the ball over, not make any big mistakes. So. Any players that you guys want to hit on while we're still talking about this game?
1: Um, Devontae Smith is going to cement himself as wide receiver one in the draft through this game in the national championship. Send tweet.
2: Dude's a dude's a, yeah, send tweet. Dude's a friggin' stud. What about you, JD?
0: Yeah, I think, uh, you know, anytime there's a matchup like this, obviously you're going to have some NFL guys. Um, so I usually try to pay attention more to the prospects. Um, than I would in just a normal game or I might be looking for, you know, betting or fantasy or anything. So uh, I, there's some pretty good secondary players in this one. Uh, on Alabama side, Malachi Moore, the uh, mm-hmm. true freshman cornerback. I know a PFF, uh, Pro Football Focus, their uh, college section had him rated as, like, the best slot cornerback in the nation as a true freshman. Um, so him and Patrick Sertan on Alabama side, I think, uh, you know, like I said Al- – Notre Dame doesn't have great receivers, so there's a chance they just get completely blanketed by those two. So I'm going to be watching that. Um, and then on Notre Dame side, Kyle Hamilton, as a big Notre Dame fan, he's a uh, he's extremely fun to watch. If you haven't seen him, he really flies all over the place uh, and makes some plays. So if he doesn't get ejected uh, like he has in some <laughs> some of the other <laughs> games, uh, he he should be a fun one, number fourteen.
2: he doesn't get keep getting kicked out of games, it should be fun to watch.
1: Another yeah. uh, Notre Dame guy. I bet, I bet you're a big fan of him, J.D. Uh, Jeremiah Owusu, he's a big yeah. prospect that everybody's talking about, like late first round, early second round linebacker.
0: Yeah, he. Uh, I think he'll he'll actually be really important in this game. Um, I mean, obviously their rush defense has been a big part of them, uh, and he usually gets tacked. You know, he's the Travis ETN guy, so the first game where they shut down ETN, I mean, he was a huge part of that. He plays off the edge. Uh, and if the running backs are involved in the passing game, you know, he's kind of like a hybrid linebacker safety role, he usually plays on the line, some more of a linebacker. So, uh, you know, with Najee Harris being the weapon that he is and the receiving weapon he is, uh, if Uzu Karamoa is able to limit him, which I don't, you know, I don't know how you limit Najee Harris, nobody else has ever figured it out. But um, I mean, that's really something you're going to be watching because he should be involved in uh, quite a few plays.
2: All right. So next up, we got the Clemson Ohio State game, which is the game that I'm looking forward to the most. Uh, Big time rematch of last year's semifinal games. Um, We got Clemson coming in with the tenth tenth in total offense, sixth in total defense. Ohio State sixth in total offense, thirty fourth in total defense. Uh, I mean, there's we we could talk about this game a lot. There's a lot of NFL talent on the field from Justin Fields and. You know Trey Sermon and uh, Master Teague, the, up up to to Garrett Wilson, a, a ton of folks on the defensive side of the ball. I mean Ohio State turns out defensive ends left and right. Uh, and then of course on the offensive side of the ball for Clemson, you got Trevor Lawrence, who's a Heisman finalist, Travis Etienne, who's one of the best running backs to ever friggin' to come through college football. You know through Clemson and and college football, right? So uh, so. So uh, Jesse, let's start with you. What's your What's your thoughts on on this game, and how do you think Clemson's going to go about doing what they need to do to be able to get another win over Ohio State in the semifinals game?
1: Well, uh, first off, currently the spread is Clemson by seven and a half, so bet accordingly there. But it's really it's, we haven't seen much of Ohio State, but what we have seen is that they're they are very shaky on the defensive side. Mm-hmm. It, it it granted It doesn't help them that they've been an edge factory for years and there hasn't really been that guy to step up this year so far, but it's really, just, you have Trevor Lawrence who's arguably the greatest college football prospect in recent memory yep. and you have Etienne. Like you ha- you
2: handled. By the way, you handled that, that, uh, that statement right there. Good. Are hey. we one of the best college prospects in recent memory? Yeah. You, you stayed away from, of all time, like a bunch of other clowns that I know. So, well done. Well done,
1: yeah. sir. It's going to be pretty funny that he's going to be arguably the best of all time and not win the Heisman. But that just means he'll win a Super Bowl then. So, it all works out.
2: Well, but, well, whatever whatever folks vote, <laughs> for sure.
1: Yeah, yeah. but the, their defense has been very shaky. And you have a guy like Lawrence who can pick apart that secondary, which hasn't really been – as good as everybody thought was they would be leading into the season, and then even if they step up, he can dump off to Etienne like nothing, and he'll somehow juke around for an 80-yard score, or Lawrence will just tuck it and run, and it's it, it he will just dictate that offense, and there's be nothing Ohio State can do to stop him. I
2: think I think that's going to be the key to the game for Ohio State is if they can stop the Travis Etienne passing work if they can keep him in check and not let him rip the 80-yarder off with of the 50-yarder or whatever the case may be, and if Trevor Lawrence can beat him on the ground like he did last year of the game. Uh, I think that I think they'll got. I think they be fine uh, on the other uh, facets of defense, but I really think that the game's going to come down to Trevor Lawrence running the ball and Travis Etienne catching passes out of the backfield. Uh, J.D., you got any other thoughts on Clemson?
0: Uh, not a ton. I think I agree with pretty much everything you guys have said. Um, I think Clemson's the rightful favorite. Um, I do think they have the better quarterback. I'm not quite sure what's been going on with uh, Justin Fields lately. But, um, you know, I, I do think it's important to keep in mind, uh, while we all think Clemson's the better team, and I think they have been so far this year, I mean, Ohio State has been struggling, relatively struggling. Obviously, they're undefeated. Um, but they've been struggling in some assets, you know, some areas you don't usually see them struggling. But uh, they've only played six games, you know. And when Clemson was through six games of their season, We still had some questions about them we weren't really sure if they were going to turn it on and they really turned it on at the end of the year and now that we view them as kind of a different team than we did for a little bit so you know maybe maybe uh ohio state turns it on they had a few weeks to prepare for this one and i mean last year they were in it right up until the very end of this game and only you know took one justin fields errant pass a miscommunication with his wide receiver if i remember correctly and they could have won that game so um, I, I really don't know what to expect. I, I, I agree with you guys. that I think Clemson's better, and that's what I expect. But uh, I mean, nothing would really surprise me in this game because we haven't seen enough of Ohio State this year.
1: The one yeah. thing that uh, Ohio State needs to do in this game to give me some sort of faith in them is their running game needs to come back to how it's been in years past. I know you have you have Trey Sermon and Master Teague, who are two very good college running backs, but. They haven't really been able to get that running game set up at all this year.
2: Yeah, so that's it's going. To, this game right here is. I can see this game going either way. And uh, you know, you hear a lot of chatter back and forth. I, I know Ohio State's going to be fired up to to play Clemson again, especially after Dabo has been running his mouth the way that he has. And regardless of whether he did or didn't say these things, the internet says he did. And we got to remember these are twenty-year-old kids that that aren't adults yet. You know, at, in, at the end of the day, they're, they're, they're not, they're not really grownups just yet. So they're go, They're going to be fired up about Davo talking trash. They're going to be fired up about the loss from last year and getting some revenge. Uh, so I, I, I'm actually, I'm, I'm actually, pull, man, it's, it's tough. You know, I like both of these teams a lot. So it's, uh, I'll be fine with, with either one that wins, but this, this is definitely in my opinion, going to be the best game. And it's going to be a close one for sure. Um, any other thoughts on the playoff before, before we move on to the Heisman?
1: Um, not really playoff, but speaking of Dabo talking trash, I saw a quote earlier today. Uh, some reporter asked him about his success over Ohio State the past couple years, and Dabo said, you know, if I ran for uh, governor of Michigan, I'd have a fighting chance, and he's completely right about that.
2: Yeah, <laughs> Alright, so, so moving on to talk about the Heisman finalists. You know, we do our, week, our, our week-to-week Heisman, you know, week 10 Heisman, week 11 Heisman stuff. But th- this, is, this is down to the, to, the, to the big boys. So we got Mac Jones from Alabama, Trevor Lawrence from Clemson, Devontae Smith from Alabama, and Kyle Trask for Alabama. Now, before we start talking about what these guys have done numbers-wise... Uh, who are some guys that got snubbed that you think should be there, or do you think this is the right group, or
1: are there too many in here? Um, the big one for me that got snubbed was—I and I understand why he was—but it's Najee Harris. Any other year, yeah. if you have a running back scoring 27 touchdowns before the playoffs; he—he's the winner by a lot easily. But I guess since Devontae Smith has gone off this year, they've decided to replace flip or flip that around but yeah he's my big snub JD
0: um I don't really think Trevor Lawrence should be there um I mean i know he's baby yeah <laughs> <laughs> I I just think that's like a gesture since he was the preseason favorite and since his team made the playoffs but like you don't need to have him there man I mean he's not gonna win his stats aren't as good he missed a game. I know it's not his fault, but like he missed a game and it was a very important game and they lost it. And, I mean I don't wanna hold that against him, but I just I see no reason why he should be there. I don't think anybody would in their right mind ever vote him first, so he shouldn't be there. Um whereas like you said, Najee Harris, while I wouldn't vote him first and I don't I don't know if he should be there. I, I think you could have Mac Jones, Devonta Smith and Kyle Trask. I think I might just have those three there, but I definitely think Najee deserves to be there instead of Trevor because you could, I think, make a better case that he should be first than Trevor Lawrence should be first.
2: That's, that's where I was going to go. I was heading to the point to where I don't think Trevor Lawrence should be there, even though he's one of the best college prospects of, of recent memory, right? Uh, any other year, he's, he probably plays a full season. You get a full allotment of games. He's, he's probably there with 3,400, 3,500 passing yards and, you know, 30 to 35 touchdowns. You know, so I don't think that I don't. It, it's hard to. I, I'm with you, J.D. I don't. I don't think he needs to be there. I think Najee Harris should be there. I do. I do think it should be the three Alabama players and Kyle tracks You know, from the the Power Five, the Power Five, uh, the Five schools, they were clearly the best players this year. And I and maybe outside of like a Kyle Pitts. But you're not getting, you're obviously not getting a tight end into the the Heisman Trophy conversation, even though he's not really just a tight end. But uh, I, I think they got three of the four right. Uh, I would have had no problem with it just being Jones, Smith, and Trask, and uh, not having Najee Harris there at all. But if if I had to have four, it would be Najee Harris over Trevor Lawrence. I just think there's there's too much. The hype train is still just. Still going crazy for OT law, and I, I still I, I agree with with Jesse, and I agree with the 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 thought that he's one of the best college prospects ever, if not you know de- definitely since you know Andrew Luck come out. But just because you're one you're in that category doesn't mean that you need to be in New York for the Heisman Trophy ceremony. So uh, to kind of get in the numbers, which it's not just a numbers award. There's a lot of other things that go into the thought process, you know. Did they? Were they? You know, important to their team? Were they? You know, are they undefeated? One loss, that kind of thing. Did they lead their teams to victory? Uh, Kyle Trask, I think he'll finish fourth uh, with uh, with the six and three record. Even though he's forty one hundred passing yards, forty three touchdowns, only five picks, uh, added a couple more touchdowns on the ground. Not 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 really any significant rushing yards. So. Uh, We'll go in this reverse order right here. So, so Jesse, what's your thoughts on Kyle Trask, and where would you rank him of these four?
1: It's kind of tough. It, I've been thinking about it back and forth. He's either third or fourth in my eyes. Um, just depends on how everything is. Because yes, he's been good, but he's also has a six and three record, and it's really. My thought is, was it him that was leading the offense and of putting all these stats up, or was it the benefit of having Kyle Pitts, who's also technically a top-10 Heiser <laughs> finalist?
2: Yeah, yeah, as a tight end. I mean, I can't even remember the last time a tight end cracked the top-10 in the finalists.
1: I think it was the first time after they said.
2: Oh, is it? Okay, that wouldn't surprise me. You know, I'm trying to think back. I was, As I was saying that, I was thinking back over the – the great college tight ends that have come through, and I couldn't remember any of them that's done anything remotely close to as impressive as what Kyle Pitts has been doing.
1: Yeah, no. uh, For the sake of this, I'll have him uh, fourth just solely because of the record and how he's not in the playoffs. Um, Do you want me to just spill out my top four now?
2: No, no, no. We're going to go one by one here. So, J.D., where
1: are you at with Trask?
0: Uh, I actually – I'd put Trask second. Um, which I haven't seen a whole lot of, um, but I feel pretty confidently that I'd put him second. Um, it, I, I, I like it. I I think his stats. He has the most impressive stats of anybody in college football, and he's done it. He's done it in the SEC. Um, he's lost three times, and in my opinion, that's not like a um, like a Russell Westbrook MVP year where his team's five hundred or whatever they were. Yeah. Um, <laughs>
2: yeah.
0: You know they lost to two teams who have a combined one loss, if I'm correct. Texas A&M and Alabama. Uh, Alabama beat them twice.
1: No, um, they lost to LSU.
0: Ah, oh, they did lose to LSU. All right, that was pretty bad. <laughs> <laughs> and they lost to Alabama once. That's yeah, why. that one. That
2: one stings a little bit. That one. Uh, that one leaves a mark, doesn't it?
0: That one leaves a mark. So I guess I'll say that's why I can't have them first. <laughs> that's why I can't have them first. But I I think I feel like his stats are the best. I don't just really want to bet or uh, place Alabama guys 1, 2, and 3. I think you kind of have to mentally deline- delineate who you think was most important for Alabama. I don't think you can have the three most important players. I know it's not an MVP, it's a Heisman, but, you know, it's essentially kind of the most important players. I don't think you can have all three from the same school, even though I do think they were that impressive. So I'd actually place them second. I just think it was extremely impressive, and, you know, Kyle Pitts was a big part of that. Um, but Kyle Pitts did miss two games. Um, so I don't know. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna reward him. I, th- I think it was extremely impressive when you put up those stats in the SEC and every single game was impressive except for the LSU game.
2: Well, you kinda you kinda swayed my thought process a little bit on it there. So you definitely swayed me there. I, th- I think I'd put Trask at third. Um so so for so for me this stuff kinda goes along you. The numbers wise, they're all there. I mean forty three touchdowns, only five picks. Takes care of the ball, uh, played big in big games. But it, whenever they had, whenever they were weren't playing well, he didn't play up to snuff. Right, uh, the LSU loss was, was terrible. But outside of the LSU loss, the other two losses aren't that bad. But we definitely know that's something that they take into account. You know, when that when for the for the voters is even at, even though I think it's dumb to take the wins and loss record into account for an individual award. Uh, they do, though, at the end of the day. So, uh, def- Trask, I, and you can make an argument for just about every one of these guys, minus Trevor Lawrence, to be at one, two, or three, right? So, it really doesn't make any difference. They're all kind of right there in that same echelon worth of, uh, or same echelon of players. So, for me, I think Trask would be three. Uh, J- uh, Jesse, what's your thoughts on Devonta Smith?
1: Um, I get the hype. I get why he's there, but realistically, he doesn't have a shot to win the Heisman
2: whatsoever. And that's that's dumb, but you're right.
1: I mean, I looked at the stats because I was talking about this with a bunch of other people saying he should be it, and the only other time, or the last time a wide receiver finished this high was Larry Fitzgerald. Yeah, Larry. He finished second in 2003, and he blows all of Devontae Smith's stats out of the water. Yeah, no, it's
2: it's that that's a good point, and it just it sucks, dude. Wide receivers get no respect because they because it's a quarterback award. It just it blows. It pisses me off.
1: (laughs) It it, it does, and he he should have a right to say like, hey, I'm the reason Mac Jones pretty much stepped up. But this is along the same lines of having uh, when they invited Chase Young last year. We knew yeah. he wasn't gonna have a chance, but this was just a public not a publicity stump, but just like, hey, we're gonna say we're thinking about you but we're not.
2: Yeah, no, no, you're spot on, J D. You get any you disagree, agree? What's your thoughts?
0: Um, I would actually I think Devonta Smith deserves to win. Actually, God, I Man,
2: I'm, I'm with you. Let's go. That's what I'm talking about. I am hoping somebody else would say it before I had to.
0: <laughs> I've been dancing around it, Kevin. I've been kind of thinking about it. And eventually, I'm just like, you know what? He, in my opinion, he was the most impressive player i watched all year in college football. And I don't think it was particularly close. He, he was that impressive to me.
1: You see, um, I would – sorry to cut you off. I would say Kyle Fitz yeah. was more impressive because he was yeah. a tight end putting up receiver numbers.
0: Yeah. In like the four games he played, I guess he was kind of impressive. <laughs> I mean, I mean, yeah, P- Pitts was impressive, but you know, catching jump balls over DBs, he's six inches taller than I don't know. I guess I'm just naturally more inclined to be impressed by Devonta Smith, blowing people away with his speed <laughs> and mossing people. Um, but yeah, I, I, I just think. I think someone from Alabama probably deserves to win it. Not you know, I hate thinking about it that way, but that's that's really what I think. I think they've been that impressive. Uh, and I think I think he's been the most impressive. Um I did see he just won the uh he became the first receiver ever, I think it was today, to win the A P. Player of the Year award, which you know is just another award that's not the Heisman. But I mean, I think he has a shot. Personally, I'd vote for him. I don't feel very confident in it. I think this is uh, this might be the closest Heisman I can remember, or at least I'd say it's a very close Heisman, which is usually uh, not the case. It's usually kind of a runaway. Um,
2: but... it has been has been the past couple of years. It seems like somebody's just kind of smoked everybody else in the in the field.
0: Yeah, and I don't think that's the case. I don't think I, I I've heard a lot of good arguments. I'm probably get, I'm hearing different arguments uh, on this podcast. I'm, I, you know, I hear them, um, so I think it's close. I I just feel like it should probably. Probably be uh, Devonta Smith. Yeah.
2: So. yeah. And I, I'm, I'm right there with you. If it, if it were me casting my vote, it would be Devonta Smith at one. Uh, I just think he's been incredible all year long. It seemed like every time I was turning around, I was seeing a 50 yard touchdown pass to him where he was just butt naked wide open, you know, just <laughs> shrinking down the field. Oh, nobody, I don't know you were watching. <laughs> nobody even close close to him and it was just I was every time I was just thinking, damn, how does that guy get so open? And you know, I was watching the the Sunday night game with, with Green Bay uh playing of the night and it was Devonte Adams and he was just absolutely thrashing the the defense. Every time he Aaron Rodgers is dropping back, it's Devontae Adams is is wide open. And that's the same way Devontae Smith is right now. He's just he's so far and away the, the the best receiver in the country in my opinion and I, I think he should win. I don't think he will though. I think he'll finish uh second. And I think that's where he'll finish. I think he should finish first. So so moving on, we got a uh, we got Trevor going uh go
1: ahead. I brought up Larry Fitzgerald's uh Heisman season stats so you can compare. So two thousand three he had sixteen hundred seventy two yards compared to Devontae's what, fifteen hundred and then twenty-two touchdowns compared to his seventeen, and what, what, what more return touchdowns. What are you talking touchdowns. about?
2: Blow away! You you said blow away like <laughs> he was going to have like twenty-nine hundred receiving yards and thirty-seven touchdowns. So he's got an extra hundred and twenty receiving yards on a shortened season, and then what? Five the less touchdowns? Receiving touchdowns on a shortened season? Get out of here, Jesse! You you're the you're the worst. That was that was terrible. He didn't blow uh, Devonta Smith out of the water.
1: Come on, bro. The, he has worse stats. That's all I gotta say.
2: Okay, all right. I agree with you. There. They are worse. Yeah. So, so I I've, I've heard that argument, and not just not just here, not just with you. And at the end of the day, it's it's not about what Larry Fitzgerald did in two thousand and two, or whenever the hell it was. Was it two thousand two? Oh three. Two thousand three. Okay. It doesn't matter what Larry Fitzgerald did then. If we compared winners off of what somebody did before, none of these guys would be here because Joe Burrow threw for six thousand yards and, and seventy-five touchdowns last year, right? None of these guys stack up to to that kind of season. But new year, this is the this is the the allotment of games that we have. That's where Devonta Smith falls. Uh, I'm I'm with JD. I think I think he should win. I don't think uh, I think he should win. Will he win? No, probably not. So. Uh, so anything else on the, the Devonta Smith argument?
1: Um, he's just going to finish 3rd in my book. Nurbum. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Moving on to Trevor Lawrence.
2: I think we all kind of talked about that and we'll do a quick little recap here. I just I don't personally think he should be there. I think he'll finish 3rd. Uh Jesse what's your what's your uh, idea on it?
1: Um this is why I was like so talk, uh like flip-flop because part of me thinks he's going to finish 4th, but part of me thinks he's going to finish 2nd because they want him to have the Heisman. They want him to be, like, right there next one because he's been projected to win it ever since he took over for Kelly Bryant. Yep. And I think they're going to look at this as a legacy award for him, which shouldn't happen. But I think it's he's going to just come, like, narrowly come in second behind Mac Jones.
2: I th- and, you know, as as much as I want to to like poke a hole in that. And I, I can't really, I I think you're right with the fact that the sentiment is that Trevor Lawrence should have won him a Heisman by now, right? On the bed, one of the best teams in the country puts up gaudy stacks going to be the number one overall pick was going to be the number one overall pick
0: from the time he came out of high
2: school. Yeah. So, I mean, it was just, it was kind of locked in like destined to be one of the, the greatest college football quarterbacks. So I think that, that aura around him, that that kind of personality, that, that whole persona is going to push him up into the second spot whenever I think he should be closer to third or fourth. So, so J.D., what do you think, man?
0: Yeah, I, I mean, I've made it known that I don't really think he deserves to be there, but um, that actually makes a lot of sense. Uh, when you think about Lawrence's career, you know, his freshman year was his most impressive uh, career, that's, or his most impressive season, that's the year he beat Bama. Mm -hmm. Uh, obviously had kind of a disappointing season last year at least statistically Uh, and then this year you know it was great but it was abbreviated and you know there's not much to go off of so I I do kind of see it as like a almost like a lifetime achievement a thing like (laughs) I don't have a problem with him being there it's just like nobody thinks he's gonna win and he obviously shouldn't win so I'm fine with him being there like I'm all I'm all about giving him credit I think he's had a had a great college uh career and I'm really glad he's been there um for us to talk about for three years but um but yeah I, this year I mean there's not much to talk about this year. He doesn't deserve doesn't really deserve to be a be mentioned in my opinion.
2: Alright, so that being said before we, we close it out with expand the box score, uh Jesse give me your one, two, three, four awesome, real quick.
1: Mac Jones, Trevor Lawrence, Devontae Smith, Kyle Trask. Uh J D? Uh
0: Devonta Smith, Kyle Trask, Mac Jones, and I mean I would go Najee, but since he's not there, Lawrence.
2: All, all three of us will be different here. I was going to go Smith, Jones, Trask, and Lawrence after hearing everybody's arguments. I'd like to, I'd like to leave Lawrence at that two or three spot, but I just, I think the other guys deserve it more. So, so, all right, folks. Well, this, this show was brought to you by ExpandTheBoxScore.com. It was created to fill a major void in the college football landscape. Uh, expand the, the the box score sifts through every game to gather and sources statistics you could excuse me, every statistic you could possibly want from targets to down and distance metrics, play con tendencies, fully customizable, and sortable leaderboards, detailed individual player profiles, and so much more. And then for $15 a year, you get full access. So with our code with the breakdown, that's T H E B R K D W N. You receive 10% off. So sign up today folks. All right. That's going to do it for us. We'll be back with a bowl review after bowl season is over with and uh, And yeah, so that'll do it for us, folks. We'll see you next time.
1: Sayonara, Don Brown, and go blue.